opportunity to come before your throne of grace. We always find mercy when we come here. We're never rebuked. We're never turned away. We're never disappointed. But your great mercy and your compassion draw us ever closer to you. So we thank you for that open invitation to come and sup with you, commune with you, fellowship with you, and get the great blessing and benefit of the presence of the living God. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So uh, we'll, we're going to talk about the benefits of salvation. We all know Jesus came to save and to uh, save and to deliver, seeking to save that which was lost. So He looks for us, and I think that's wonderful. Uh, we don't have to have a, a difficult time being found because there is an appointed time where we are. Um, um, scheduled to come into a knowledge of Christ and into the benefits of salvation so it's a wonderful thing to know that Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost and also that he chose us to be a part of his family so you never have to doubt if you're welcome you never have to doubt if it's God's will to save you, to heal you, to bless you, to use you for his glory, to make you a minister of his gospel. You never have to doubt those things because he initiated the contact with you. He initiated <coughs> relationship with you. I always uh, tell women, I said, you know, if you let the man ask you, <laughs> instead of <laughs> trying to work your little crafts to get an invitation, it's much, much better. You never have any kind of misgivings about the foundation of the relationship. The foundation is very important. And so when we know that God has sought us, we know that we have uh, a true relationship with him. This was his idea. We were invited in. We're wanted. We're desired. We're sought after. And I think that's a wonderful thought to have because so many times we feel like we have to go after things and 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 uh, you know scramble for ourselves or try to make a way for ourselves or try to make our way in life and so it's wonderful to know that we were really really wanted we're adopted we're sought after we were pursued and I love that about God. He'll pursue you like no other lover. And so God wants us to know that we have been pursued because we were loved. He, 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 he uh, didn't give up on us, didn't cast us aside, even when we didn't want him. We mocked him, mocked his people, didn't, didn't want to be around Christians, cussed him out. Call them religious nuts. All the stuff that we've gone through. And God still pursued us through all that. That meant, meant nothing to him. He still loved us and pursued us. So this is a great love that we are the recipients of. And, and uh, God loves us with an everlasting love. I always say the larger the void in your heart, the greater the love for God that he can show you. You know, that emptiness is just kind of like a, a magnet for the love of God. It's just, you just want more, want more, want more. And you know that the way to receive that is relationship with God. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He just won't. 
And so once you come into that realization that, you know, he really does love me. He really did want me. He wants me well. He wants me whole. He wants all of those things. And you'll open yourself up in a greater way to satisfying life. This is a satisfying life. No, nobody else can. Nobody is supposed to be able to satisfy you like God. And so it's vain. To, the Bible says, "Vain is the help of men." I will look unto the hills from which cometh my help. And so it's good to know that God is definitely our help and our strength and our stay. So in Psalm 68, I thought I'd start with that when we're just talking about the benefits of salvation. 68 and verse, um, uh, I, I, we can start in verse 19. It said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. We're not skimpy on the benefits. We're loaded on the benefits even the God of our salvation, Selah. That word Selah means just pause a minute and think about it. Think about all the benefits that he loads upon us. He loads health upon us, sanity, sound mind. He will fight for us. He causes our enemies to scatter and to flee. No weapon that's formed against us will prosper it won't do what won't accomplish a thing against us it'll be turned away so there are so many things that god does for us he daily loads us with benefits we are loaded amen you're already loaded every single day every day so it's a good thing to check in and you know talk to God hello father checking in where's my load load me up I'm loaded we're loaded where's my load give my load (laughs) and just have a cheerfulness about you and greeting God because he daily loads us with benefits he that is our God is the God of salvation he saves he heals. He makes whole. He doesn't tear up. He doesn't uh, uh, put too much burden on you. He doesn't want anything from you except to worship him. And that's a benefit to us more than him. Amen. He that is our God is the God of salvation. Amen. Buddha, Allah, all the mother ones are not gods of salvation. They're gods mostly. They're out of man's carnal mind. They're not even real fictitious they're names of demon spirits or names that men use to hide their anger and their malice and their hatred behind but our god is the god of salvation goodness deliverance hope life health everything that's good and so even he says and unto god the lord belong the issues from death so god will pursue our enemies and scatter them away from us even death man death can't can't grip us and hold us i mean we taste death when we pass from this life into the next but it doesn't hold us amen but God shall wound the head of his enemies and the hairy scalp is such a one as goes on still in his trespasses. So God is saying if you will come to me 
turn away from your wicked ways. Turn unto me. You will know me as the God of your salvation. And I will every day load you with benefits. So if you think about it, salvation is a load of benefits. It's not just going to heaven when you die. But salvation is a load of benefits every day. So it's good to check in with God every day and find out what he's loaded on your card. I was watching some some crazy show, probably some cop show. And there was a a girl that um, she and her buddies, she just had a real, I think it was like an intervention show. And they showed how she spent her day. Every day she would get up looking for something to drink. She was an alcoholic. That was her dependency. And she hung out with some people and one of her friends called her and, and they were saying, you got anything? She said, no, I'm out. Let's go. Yeah, you got a car? Come pick me up. We'll go find something. And, and, uh, so she said, I don't know. She said, I, I don't know if there's anything loaded on my debit card. And so she went, you know how you can put your, your card in the ATM machine. And she looked in there and said, I got like $40 in there. And they were so overjoyed. And I thought about that. I said, you know, God, that's the way we should approach you every day. Find out what's loaded on our card by heaven. And we can rejoice in it. Here's a girl, poor little alcoholic. She, you know, she's rejoicing over the wrong thing. But just knowing that something was loaded to her account made her overjoyed. And I think we can at least do that much in praising God and thanking Him every day. Just when your quiet time, if you, your mind, before you start to worry or before you start to be concerned about this, start thanking God. Let's start thanking him and see what he'll do about that thing that used to cause you grief or used to cause you fear and problems. You know, he gives benefits. Now, benefits are separate from wages. Wages are one thing. Benefits are extra. So not only do we live off the benefits, but we also have wages that we work for in God. Amen. So wages are things that we are sowing toward. Our answered prayers. The things that we we know that we're we're asking God for. Things that we are can say if for lack of a better way of explaining it, things we can purchase with our faith. Amen. But benefits go beyond faith. Benefits are things that God decides that we can have to make our lives more comfortable. It's like your benefits at your job. They're separate from your wages. When you get health benefits, you get them because the company decides, hmm, maybe we should help them along with their health because if they're sick and can't come to work, then we lose. So we partner with them to help with things that will make their life better. Retirement is another benefit that you get on the job. You know, after 10 years or so, most companies have your in retirement vested in the company and it can't be moved, can't be taken away from you after that time. And so God has a, a benefit plan for us when we retire. We go to heaven and we get away from all of the burdens of life. It becomes a much easier life. See, retirement in the natural realm sometimes puts stress on people because it's 
diminished <laughs> diminished uh, income generally uh, unless you made extreme provision for that or you're very wealthy it can mean diminished income if when you retire but when we retire we get everything Amen. We let go of the earth. We let go of the limitations of earth. We let go of the the uh, warfare that's down here. Uh, you know, it's kind of like easy street after we get to heaven. Of course, you'll have to work when you get there. My understanding is that whatever occupation you had there, you probably do something similar uh, and glorify God. Mostly, it's not like it's just sitting around doing nothing. But God has things for us to do. But they're so much easier. Because there's no sin in our lives. There's no devil to contend with. There's no sin from other people. There's no problems coming from other people. All of that stuff is done away. No tears. No regrets. No any of that stuff. It's just all goodness once we get into the presence of God. So uh, we know that every day he loads us with benefits. And I mean loads us with benefits. Many more than you can handle. And many more than you can consume. And so God, and that's the good thing about God. There's always an overflow to his blessings. Always things that will benefit us uh, greatly. Always things that we desire and things that are good for us. God will give us things that are good for us that we didn't know we liked or we didn't know we needed. He always has something new because he He knows us better than we know ourselves. Amen. And I believe he's trying to get us acclimated to heaven's standards so your standards are greater. Um, the life that you have is more blessed. It's more in an, in an intrinsic way, in an inner man kind of way. Your inner man can, can kind of enjoy things. Uh, he comes more to the forefront with God's blessings, not carnal things, you know. Anybody can give you, uh, you know, some money or a little trinket or something like that. But God will give you something lasting. You now he gives you joy when you would be sorrowful. He he turns your your bad feelings about the holidays coming into good feelings, and you just start enjoy it, looking forward to things again. And so God turns all that stuff around. That's where He zeroes in in our lives. So those benefits are are those kinds of things as well. And so the benefits of God are are uh, increases. Uh, things that will make life more pleasant for us, uh, cause us to be strengthened in our time of weakness, all of that, those are benefits of God. And there it's wonderful to live in his benefits. If you'll turn to Psalm 103, there's another aspect of that. <clears throat> Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Amen. Verse 1, and all that is within me. Amen. That's 100% of you blessing God. Let my heart bless the Lord. Let my soul bless the Lord. Let my members bless the Lord. Let the, the cells in my body bless the Lord. Let my hair follicles bless the Lord. Amen. All that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So how can you know all of them through experiencing him? 
through understanding that God has pleasant things for us. He doesn't just want us to have the necessities, but he has a benefit package to sweeten our lives. Amen. Benefits always make it more attractive. Uh, I always think benefits, you know, in a natural work setting, uh, companies offer benefits to make them competitive against their competition. You know, it's like, oh, you better go over there because those people, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, they have a retirement and an investment and they'll match your contributions, you know, one-on-one. And so you go over there because every time you put something into your, your retirement account, uh, the company will match it. So you get double the amount of money you could ever put in there. And that's a blessing because, you know, when you do retire, you'll look back and say, hmm, the company's still paying for me. This isn't just what I saved. But I'm still getting a paycheck from them rascals that I gave my blood and sweat to for all those years. And so that always sweetens the pot a little bit because then you, you, you know you got more than what you put in. And, and if that's true of a natural, uh, employer, it's true of God too. You know, you always get a lot more than what you put in as the benefit of serving God. And so in 103, it starts listing them, verse 3, who forgives all your iniquities. Amen. Forgives them all. Don't ever feel guilty about the thoughts that run through your head. You know, that's what iniquity does. See, you can't, uh, you can't help that the thought comes to you but you can resist it and cast it down and not dwell on it and not cause it to manifest any kind of fruit in your life and so and I know this is where the enemy gets a lot of people is on the thought level and making you feel guilty about your thoughts but you didn't harbor that and desire it in your heart or if you did you can repent of it so God says he forgives all of it Every single little bit of it. The stuff that we dwell on that we shouldn't dwell on. I was uh, kind of shocked. I was checking on a a minister friend um, that I hadn't heard from. And I usually get like a card or something from them a couple times a year. Like uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving. They're always... Um, remembering me and so I, I preached for him a couple times and and so um, I was checking with them I was thinking I said I wonder if they're doing anything because they usually have a Christmas program every Christmas so I was going to check with them and chat with them a little bit and couldn't didn't get a response I texted the pastor his cell number that I know he had and um, I um, didn't get a response and I decided to go on their website but I couldn't remember what it was and so I uh, looked it up I googled the church and I was shocked to hear that that um, he had been in trouble with the law and I thought to myself I said man I said they you know how you you remember people when they start out they start out on fire start out strong devote a lot of what they have resource wise and stuff and really invest in their people and then get caught up in something that's just not right and I thought to myself well you know when you think about it iniquity 
will sometimes fester in a person's mind. And dwelling on it and then getting condemned about it. It's like this. If I come and tell you let's go rob a bank. If you tell me to get lost you've done your job. But then I keep coming back and I keep coming back and I try to wear you down. Well you've got to understand that if you're forgiven every time I keep coming back there's no reason for you to get worn down. You got me? These things cannot wear us down if we are forgiven every single time we dwell on something that's not of God. You live in the world. You're subject to all kinds of ideas, temptations, thoughts. And if God wasn't free to forgive those things and not hold you responsible for them. You got me? Then let it go and don't let the devil beat you up with condemnation. And I think what happens with people when they slip off like that is that somehow the devil has worn them down and they've forgotten that God forgives. They have forgotten that the blood cleanses from all unrighteousness. And they've allowed the enemy to suck them into this dark hole where you think that that's your only place where you can dwell. And so we really have to be vigilant. The Bible says guard your heart with all diligence. Be careful what you dwell on. Don't let that thought get in there and, and begin to, to harbor and, and so forth and so on. I know I was, I was thinking about, um, I, I got up out of my chair and I think, oh brother, here we go. Steph getting up. Steph getting. And, and then at the end of that thought I said, but you've got to remember you're almost 70 years old. And I thought, I caught myself, I said, okay God. I said, that's the thought that's going to lock me in jail. If I keep thinking that it's normal not to feel good because of your age, then I'll be stuck with that. And I thought to myself, let's chop this head off this devil right now and start declaring that age means nothing in God. That I, he restores my youth, he restores my strength, gives me strength for strength, grace for grace. Amen. And so you have to be careful where you let your mind go. You really do. You can't sit up there and say, oh, it's because I'm getting old. I'm feeling like this. You can't do that to yourself if you are determined to feel good. I mean, (laughs) now you can be decrepit and, you know, creak and all that kind of stuff if you want to. But I decided I'm going to get on a different train here. I'm going to stop because it was like clockwork. That thought would pop into my head. And I thought, now, wait a minute, devil. You know, some things we don't even challenge too much because it just seems a natural part of things to think like that. And so you you got to cut them things off. So my job is to resist the devil, submit to God, let him run away from me. Amen. And he will run away. If you don't give him anything to feed off of, if he starves to death, he will not stay. And so we have to be vigilant about things like that not just do it every now and then but do it every single time and he heals all our diseases even the ones they say are incurable amen he'll heal those too 
Amen. You just have to sick the word on it. And, and just don't change. Don't vacillate. Don't change your mind. Don't change your confession. Don't change what you're believing God for. Just allow him to heal all your, every single one of them. All your diseases. Every single one. All your diseases. Every, all of your disease. Every single one. All diseases. Every single one. So let him heal those things. He has the power to do it. He wants to do it. It says he redeems your life from destruction. That means the enemy has no right. He has no access. He has no, uh, there's, there's no, nothing that says he's allowed to do anything to you. When you're redeemed, you're purchased out of that power. So he has no power, he has no right, he has no authority, he has no access. He redeems your life, amen, from destruction. And he will not allow harm, hurt, injury, or anything like that to come to you. If it does, for some reason, he will redeem you out of all of the bad effects of it. There won't be any lasting effects from that. I know people who have claimed that, people, Christian people who have had a stroke or something like that. People say, well, that was such a massive stroke and it's going to take you X number of months to recover. And they've recovered, you know, very, very quickly with no residual. It's like everything's restored back to them again. And so you have to believe that that's a benefit of serving God. It's a benefit that something added on to your life. You're not paying for it. You're not struggling and striving to believe God for it. It is a benefit. It's something that's good that he uh, um, releases into your life. So he redeems your life from destruction. Crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Crowns you. In other words, at the end of the day. Instead of having a deficit, you get a crown. Amen. You are royalty. He crowns you with loving kindness. In other words, all of these other things are like, say for instance, we're talking about clothing. Your, your, your uh, uh, health, forgiving your iniquities. Amen. That can be your, say, your undergarment. Health will be your shirt, uh, slacks or skirt, um, redeeming your life from destruction. And then because he wants to really dress you up, he puts a crown. Uh, he said, nope, you're not done yet until I put the crown on. So loving kindness becomes an adornment that God places on you just to perfect everything in your life. Loving kindness really is God's mercy in action in your life. So he wants you to to leave remembering as the crowning gift, the crowning benefit to your life is that he is a merciful God. It's like go out. And and do what you do in the world. Go out and meet friends. Go out and do your job. Go out and do. Oh, and remember that you are crowned with loving kindness. So that means that God is disposed 
to show you favor. He's disposed. It's it's in his nature to first want to do that for you. He never wants to punish you. He never wants to take anything away from you. He always wants to add to us favor. And so loving kindness means that we are disposed He's disposed to show favor to us. He's disposed to show goodness to us. He's disposed to show great benefits to us. So that's that's how God wants us to think about him. And that's what he wants to do for us. So he says he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. In other words what that says is God's a softy. He's a softy. He crowns you with tender mercies. And so he always wants us to know that he wants the best for us. He wants good things for us. He is disposed uh, to show us favor. And he's uh, disposed to show us tender mercies all the time. All the time he wants to do that. He wants to give us tender mercies, crowning us with loving kindness, crowning us with tender mercies. Crowning us with tender mercies and loving kindness. Our youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. It's wonderful. So not only that. But he satisfies our mouths with good things. You know what that means? It means you don't have to eat uh, blenderized green stuff in order to feel good about your health. God satisfies your mouth with good things. In other words, he will satisfy your mouth with things that are good for you. He will satisfy your mouth as far as the quantity is concerned. As far as, you know, sometimes you, you feel like you want to have another helping of this or snack on that. You know, I go through that a lot. And so I realized that if I would ask God to, according to his word, God satisfy my mouth with the things that are good for me. Help me to be satisfied. With more vegetables than meat or something like that. That you can substitute that's a little bit less calories or whatever you're going after. He can adjust you so that you're you're not starved for certain things. He can adjust your desires so that you desire things that are good for you. And, and it's a wonderful thing. You know some people get kind of obsessed with. Uh, things you know anything from people to friends to friends that aren't good for them to relationships God can put you in a place of satisfaction so that you're not obsessed and disgruntled if you don't hear from that person or that you don't get what you want from them or something like that he will satisfy when it says satisfy your mouth I'm thinking about any kind of taste that you have whether it's a physical taste, emotional taste, um, things you desire. Uh, say, for instance, some people feel like, well, God wants me. Uh, I got a prophecy. I'm going to be a millionaire. You'll get obsessed with that. and You'll be upset if it doesn't happen. Well, God will help you to be satisfied. You understand what I'm saying? He'll help you to know, you know what? That's money. You can't take it with you. 
It's wonderful. You want to do a lot of good things with it while you're here, but uh, that ain't on my agenda for you right now. (laughs) People get very wound up and upset about what they don't yet possess. It's interesting. Now, God will promise you something, and then the devil will come and tell you you can't have it, and you wind up believing the devil. And he's not the one that's going to give it to you. What did God say? Got me? And so we have to be careful to keep our ear tuned in to the same source for our information all the time. If God gave you something, if he promised you something, don't let the devil into the conversation. It's the devil that's telling you you can't have it. It's the devil telling you who you think you are. God's not going to give that to you. He don't give that to people like you. Got me? Sorry, devil, but he gave it to me already. He gave me his word that this was mine, and I'm going to stand on his word. And so we have to be careful how we process information that comes to us, but know that God wants us to be satisfied. He doesn't want us sitting on pins and needles waiting for him to bless us with something upset because it's not here already now that's not god he is a god one of the benefits of serving god is to be satisfied that's so important satisfaction contentment however it is that you want to talk about it that has to come in your life It's good if you can walk in it every day as a benefit. Every day as a benefit. I know I've ministered to people who have been very, very sick. And, you know, God would tell me to share with them how important it is to find uh, contentment. You know, put down the the struggle within you about... Uh, you know am I going to be healed am I not going to be healed am I going to you know how much is ahead of me of a struggle how much of a fight is this going to be for me to be able to stand on the word longer it's just find a contentment spot and stay in there just lay the striving down lay the trouble down lay the you know whatever down some people have gone on to get healed some have gone home to be with the Lord but he wants us to be content, period. Going to heaven ain't bad, folks. You know what I'm saying? We're all going to get there one day. And so we have to understand that that's a, a right choice for some people. And it is a choice. And so it's a comfort to know that God is not pressing us to make the right answer or the wrong answer. And I think sometimes we get involved in that when we start talking about uh, our faith and, and believing God for this or that you can get into a knot about whether my faith is there whether I'm believing God or you know is it wrong for me to go to the doctor is it wrong for me to take a pill you know you can get yourself wound up real strong and that's not where God wants you to be but he does want you to get to a place of peace contentment and satisfaction you know with a decision you make and and i think if you if you decide that you want to live you want to be healed god will keep you content he won't get you wound up and knotted about should i do this shouldn't i do that because i feel like people who get that place 
are not clear about how to believe God. And so something else needs to be done sometimes if you're going to get involved and get, you know, you got to know God's with you. If it's going to be an uphill battle for you to get your healing, then you got to know that there's a plan from God that will be satisfying and peaceful too. You know, you won't won't stress you out. I know this week on Facebook I did a teaching about you're healed anyway. You know, God has spoken to that to me in the past. He'll say, but you're healed anyway. All right, you know, and I said, when is this going to win? He said, you're healed anyway. It doesn't matter what you feel like or what it looks like or what they say or what you got to take or whatever. You're healed anyway. If God's word is true, you're healed. And you're not healed because of how you feel. You're here because of what he says. So you've got to believe that. See, faith works a little differently then we, our natural man wants it to work. We want to see everything right now and then believe it. He said, no, nope, you got to believe it first and then you'll see it. And so you're healed anyway. No matter what you, you know, what your body tells you or what it feels like, any of that stuff. So that's one of the benefits of God. He satisfies us with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagle's. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Says the Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all who are oppressed. Anybody trying to give you a hard time? Huh? He executes judgment for everybody who's oppressed. Somebody's taking you to court, trying to take your house, trying to take your money, trying to take this. They, he executes judgment for all who are oppressed. Amen. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Amen. So the closer you get to God, you'll start to understand his ways. You'll start to learn how faith works. You'll start to learn what to do to please God. You'll, in other words, the closer you get to him, the more you understand his mind. And when you do that, you can understand how to live a life for him that's enjoyable to you. So all of those benefits come. I mean, relationship with God, understanding, knowing his ways. We can know his acts too, but it's better to know both. Know his ways and his acts. Amen. The children of Israel saw the Red Sea parted, but they didn't know what God was going to do after that. Moses knew God's ways. Children of Israel would say, what did you do? You brought us out of Egypt to let us die in the wilderness. How many times have we thought ill of God because some trouble popped up in the middle of us wanting to have a party? Huh? Well, they weren't doing what they were supposed to anyway. They had taken their earrings, all that wealth that they got out of Egypt. They took it, melted it down, and made a golden calf out of it. So they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. Amen. And so God had to start to talk to somebody to teach them his ways so that they could know a way back to God. And so when you only know the acts of God and not the ways of God, 
that leaves you kind of at a loss as far as your faith is concerned. And so Moses knew both. When you know God's acts and his ways. Like say for instance the woman with the issue of blood. She touched Jesus and she knew her, her she was healed. So she felt in her body that she was healed. She knew she was healed. That's an act. So she knew that act. That act of healing. But what did Jesus do? He stopped her and explained to her how the act happened. So he told her his ways. Knowing God's ways is golden. That's where the wealth is. Is to know how he does it, why he does it, how long it's going to take, when it's going, what's it going to take to get you there. All of those are his ways. So those are very, very important to know. And I think they help your faith. In fact, I know they help your faith because once you know the ways of God, you won't be ex- you won't be upset if things don't happen the way your carnal mind thinks they should. You'll be holding on to God regardless. So he satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. In in some nations it's customary to think of good food and relate it to health. You know they know if you eat well, if you have plenty, you have enough food for every meal, so forth and so on. You can grow up and be strong. And so that's how they relate it there. And so he executes judgment, makes his ways known, and he's merciful and gracious. Verse 8, slow to anger, and it says it again, plenteous in mercy. So here you have up here in verse 3, we're crowned with loving, verse 4, I'm sorry, crowned with loving kindness, tender mercy. And here's mercy shows up again. Huh? It's like the psalmist is saying, you know what, just in case I didn't mention it, he's merciful again and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. Amen. Boy, to have that kind of temperament, to be slow to get angry. Some of us just live off the handle. You know what I'm saying? Just anticipating trouble. And so God always anticipates good. That's why he's slow to anger. He understands us. He knows our faults, our failures. And he loves us anyway. Amen. Psalm 116. And verse 12. He says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? So here you see the psalmist is saying God has benefits so immense that we'll never be able to repay. And I think until you feel that way toward God, you have yet to experience his benefits. Got me? Or yet to understand when you're living in the benefits of God or yet to expect him to bless you with these benefits. Amen? Sometimes it's just good to stand in the presence of God and worship him and say, God, thank you for my benefits for the day. I expect to have benefits waiting for me at every juncture, every spot that I get to. I thank you for benefits. I thank you, Lord, for giving me the greatest benefits that I could ever have while I'm on this side of heaven. Thank you, Lord, for my daily load of benefits. I am loaded with benefits. Thank you that you are the God of my salvation and I can't count the benefits 
that you are giving me this day. This day I am loaded with benefits. And just begin to let God bless you. Let him help you. Let him cover you. Let him cover your life with the great benefits that he has for you. It says, uh, he says, I will take of the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Do you call upon him regularly? Do you speak to him? Thank him. Approach him with thanksgiving. Always with thanksgiving in your heart and praise on your lips. Always exalting him. Not grumbling. Not wondering where is this, oh, this problem is again. And Don't do that. Because God is there all the time. It's not like you can complain in one corner and he doesn't know what you're doing. He lives inside of us. So it's good to allow God to kind of pull your temperament down a few notches. Allow yourself. You know, sometimes we're frustrated and angry over small things. And it's a habit. You know, you just don't don't check yourself often enough and say to yourself, Now, this is so small, it's not worth getting upset about. Lord, kind of help me with this. That I don't, I'm not a person that continually flies off the handle I can keep myself peaceful and calm and God will do that because that's part of that self-control is part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that God really wants us to to take benefit of that's a benefit in itself amen it's knowing you won't be saddled with that and you know a lot of times people get in the most trouble when they're angry because they'll say things and they gotta hide from people or be ashamed or you know whatever you know it's it's just a bad habit sometimes it's you know something that we can offer that to the lord and say okay god this is something that i'm asking you to help me with you know i want to be closer to you i want to be a loving person a, a considerate person so help me to do that he says i will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the lord i will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people and so doing these things this is one way the psalmist is saying what can he render to the Lord for all of his been well let me let me do this Lord I'll, I'll be a person of integrity I'll be a person that that you can be proud of I'll be a person that does my best to uh, uh, to honor you with everything in my life you know paying your vows means keeping your word to people I'll be an imitator of you God and that's the way I'll do and I'll take the cup of salvation amen and call upon the name of the Lord not the cup of destruction the cup of salvation the cup of peace and call upon the name of the Lord amen so let the Lord be the one that you're always reaching toward the one that you're always stretching yourself to be close to uh, let God always be near you know uh, let let him have more control of your life you know if he's near you he will have more control in your life amen he's certainly not going to sit by and let you fall apart so so it's a good thing to understand what all he's doing uh, in your life so so that's a wonderful thing in uh, <clears throat> verse 6 here it says the Lord preserves the simple 
In other words, you don't have to be real intelligent. You don't have to have a lot of education. You don't have to impress God with anything he gave you. Amen. (laughs) He says, I was brought low and he helped me. Amen. So you can be brought low or you can humble yourself and avail yourself of the help of God. Amen. But he says, I was brought low and he helped me. Amen. The Lord deals bountifully with our souls. Bountifully with our souls. In other words, God will will allow you to have good intelligence, good ability to think and understand and reason, good ability to have uh, uh, blessed thoughts. Uh, fruitful thoughts in your head to think on things that are good and lovely pure good report he doesn't want you tormented with thoughts of insecurity or fear or lack or or looking for destruction anything like that he wants to deal bountifully with your soul now the bible says that your health your health uh, prospers along with your soul and so God then can keep us in a place where, you know, no matter what happens to you, there's a thought that comes to you. You know, God is bigger than this. God is going to take care of this. God is my helper. I shouldn't fear what man can do to me. Why would I be concerned about that? God is my all in all. He is my portion. He is my life. God is it. And so when you start thinking about a prosperous soul or dealing bountifully with your soul or or a, a soul that's rich, and, and powerful in its thoughts and its ability to to do things. You know, I, I used to be the kind of person that the minute something negative came up, that got my full attention, you know. And, and because my soul was impoverished. My soul was so full of negative thinking, death anticipation of evil uh, anticipation of problems it wasn't until God helped me taught me how to renew my mind in the word and then he could direct my thoughts toward the answer that he was providing and it wasn't a wishful thought it was a definitive answer there was faith attached to that thought that anchored me and settled me and allowed me to understand that there was something else I could put focus my thinking on that was helpful to me. That thinking the worst is going to happen is not going to help anything whatsoever at all. And so I had a choice. And so God then begins to open up doors of choice to us in the way that we think and the way that we respond. And then that affects what we expect. Because if you're not thinking doom and gloom, you're not expecting anything like that. If you're thinking health, prosperity, God's going to help me. I don't know when it's going to come, but I know he's going to help me. And I know it's going to be on time. It's not going to be too late. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fear. I know God is my helper. And so when you can can look at that as a benefit... Uh, that he deals bountifully with your soul. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you thought after thought after thought after thought 
of good possibilities of helpful things of things that God can do God can get you to focus on so that you're you're not concerned about deadlines you're not concerned about appointments you're not concerned about lab tests you're not concerned about any of that stuff so he will let your 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 uh your thoughts will will be bountiful thoughts full of possibilities full of promise full of good things and good fruit not happy thoughts or just a feel good message this is not just feeling but this is divine life coming into your soul the actual life of God in your soul telling you that you're healed telling you that you're delivered telling you that you're prosperous telling you that you're blessed anyhow amen no matter what it looks like you're blessed anyhow I remember that uh, somebody I think it was Mr. Gary was sharing me about Norval Hayes laughing at the three dollars in his checkbook for his business he had a secretary that stolen all the money from him and he was broke the business was broke and so uh he fired that person and he had another hired another girl that and he would ask her every week show me what our balance is in the bank and she would show it to him and he would go ha 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 <laughs> and so god told him to laugh at the devil the bible says count it all joy come on now and when god says count it all joy he means that and you know why? Because joy strengthens you. Looking at them negative numbers and worrying about it is not strengthening you. It's zapping your strength out of you. And so he laughed at that. And then pretty soon there was more money there. Pretty soon there were more money there. And pretty soon it got better and better. And so it, uh, in fact, uh, David Horton, you remember when he used to come preach at the conferences remember he said that the secretary had told us about him and, and she would put the book the checkbook over there and, and you know like she thought he was a nut of course and uh, you know she kind of would squint every time he would ask for that checkbook and start his ha 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 but God brought him back amen he brought him back in fact I think brother Hagen had prophesied to him that that God would would do that for him and so he just stood with God stood with that word and that was his benefit benefit was his business turned back profitable everything we set our hands to a prosper won't fail amen God says that so it's going to prosper and not fail amen Galatians 5 1 talks about the benefits of freedom amen our freedom in Christ is is very very important. I found that many times that's what sinners don't like about Christians is our liberty. Because we're not trying to be good people. We're not trying to be anything. We know who we are. He says stand fast in the liberty or freedom or benefit wherewith Christ has made us free. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen. And so what the enemy tries to do is get us bound up. Amen. In uh, fear. Legalism. Wondering. 
if if we're really forgiven uh, it all the the cross you know everything the foundation the foundation of our christianity is the work of the cross everything that we do in life is built on that foundation and central to the cross is the forgiveness of sins and see if the enemy can make you feel bad about your sins and your past see and to me a blaring example that we have in the world today is this me too movement and pulling up people's uh, faults that they've done over 20, 30, 40 years ago and trying to hold them accountable for it now. Now to the Christian we look and say well all you got to do is ask forgiveness you know and but they're stripping people's jobs from them, their money, uh, property, suing them, destroying their reputations. Why? Because Satan is the accuser of the brethren. I mean his job is to accuse. What he does he sets you up and shows you. uh, Let me give you this. You know uh, and he'll start and then he'll let you get away with it for a long time. Then all of a sudden what's an advantage to him he'll spring it on you and get it to the point where everybody hates you for it. Amen. And condemns you for it. And so this is this is more satanic than it is anything to do with God because God will deal with those people and he will bring them to see their error and see their sin and will offer forgiveness to them but a lot of these people who are caught up in this me too business there's no evidence anything was ever wrong there's no you know there's nobody there's no real quote unquote crime unless it's a civil crime because most of this stuff is not a criminal assault offense kind of thing it's more of a moral thing and how can the devil dictate morality to anybody he's the father of iniquity and the father of lies he's the father of everything that they do that now they're quote unquote being punished for and so now you're finding and there's all kinds of people involved in these things and many of these people are remorseful and understand what they have done was wrong but they were allowed to do it and I think because that was their standard I don't think there was anybody there back in the day saying this is wrong now all of a sudden oh it's wrong it's so wrong where were you when you know what took you so long I mean it's not diminishing what's wrong about it but there's got to be there's something wrong here to to say all of a sudden these people have found religion or they found a moral high ground they want to stand on and all of a sudden everything's wrong now this isn't right something ain't right in that thinking and so God would be a God that would deal with a person's sins and offer them forgiveness when God forgives you the devil cannot find it to dig it up anymore and we're living in an age where deception is so rampant and people are so um, immoral in their thoughts and so uh, condemning and so angry in their thought life that you're you're going to hear a lot of very strange things coming from the mouths of people these are the same people who say uh, gay marriage is okay 
they say abortion's okay. Now all of a sudden they're on a moral high ground. Well, what about these other things that that will take you to hell too? So it, it's one of those things where you you know God is doing something here, but the devil's highly involved in it too. Uh, the devil is the one that takes it to the extreme and will condemn a person without evidence. You got me just on the word of another person. So it's you know where's the holiness here and so this this is not really God's best way to deal with this but people out there who are sinning like this need to confess all their sins this should be the tip of the iceberg amen we're just getting started folks so hold on because there's more to come so we have benefits of freedom as believers because we're free from sin this is our first freedom so you know a, a a sinner can't point the finger at you and make you feel bad. No, it's, okay, yeah, but my sins are forgiven. You understand? I say you can't. I'm I'm not responsible in that way anymore. Jesus took that responsibility for me and rendered me free. And that's what they hate. They hate that they can't condemn us with them. Now they know they're condemned. But they can't take the Christian down with them. Why? Because we're condemnation proof. The blood insulates you from condemnation. Man, we are totally free from all condemnation, even for a little while. You know, you'll feel bad for a while and then you remember, he has set me free. His righteousness cannot be bought and it can't be taken away from me because I confess my sins and he forgives me. And so it's a wonderful thing to know how much God has given us and how much he has uh, imparted to us, imputed to us of the good things, of of uh, the things that God has provided for us. Thank you, Lord. Romans 3. How much time do I have, Brother E? I'm not going to go too long. We need a 3 2. How many? Okay. Uh, Romans 3. And verse 2. Let me see. No, we'll go to Ecclesiastes 3. I like that one better. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 11 it says he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God makes from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them for a, but for a man to rejoice and do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor for it is the gift of God. So one of the benefits of God's covenant is that we would enjoy 
everything good that God has put into our lives. There is nothing that God has blessed you with that he does not want you to enjoy. Amen. Uh, from, from day one to the end of days, he wants us to enjoy everything that he has put in our lives. He will help you to find joy in things. He will help you to look at things in a different way so that you can always find joy and rejoicing in the good that he has blessed you with the benefit of of the labor of your hands. I was uh, uh, watching a program I'm trying to think Um, Eh, one of the it was like a documentary type uh, program. Uh, Robert Kraft, who owns the New England Patriots, I think, and he's NFL. Uh, he owns some corrugated boxing. I mean, billion billion billionaire gentleman. Um, they they made a documentary of a trip that he invited some um, Hall of Famers that's what it was the Hall of Famers and he took them to Israel and he is a uh, he's Jewish but he's um, in that group that's very devoted you know to the Lord and he he has some role I forget what they call it some function among their clergy where he he studies the Torah, he understands the Jewish law, and they observe all of the Jewish holidays. And I think it was doing Passover that he took these NFL Hall of Fame guys with him. And one after the other after the other, they got up and shared. They were at a banquet one night, and it was part of the their feast you know one of their religious ceremonies and so Mr. Kraft got up and he read from the Torah he read in Hebrew and and uh, he he was so gracious about it he says he says for my uh, my non-Jewish friends if you will indulge me he said this is part of our ceremony he said and I just want to complete that and hope you're blessed by it and all over that room these grown men started weeping at the reading of the Torah because this man was so sincere in his faith. Now, his faith allows him to work hard, make money, enjoy it. You got me? And they got a chance to see that. It wasn't this twisted, perverted, crazy kind of faith sometimes that we get involved in. You know, we're trying to teach the best way we can about faith. But it impressed me so because then that was one ceremony. They had that that night. Then the next day, I mean, this went on for several days. The next day they were at either a luncheon or dinner. I think it was the final uh, the final celebration they were having. And so he allowed them all to get up one by one and share what they took from it. And they they all applauded the fact that they got closer to one another 
they got he said we they one of the guys we were all competitors on the field and and this guy you know we didn't like each other for the years we played he said and, and i i can i can only say this was god that you got us together like this he said because i now i see him as a brother and a friend and you know all that all this stuff happens in reconciliation as a benefit a benefit of god's covenant see the the feeling good about things and the uh the you know some of the people they had there you know some how jim brown was there uh starbuck was there um 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 lynn swan uh just all generations of men and i don't know how many he invited he might have invited everybody but this was his way of enjoying the benefits of the work of his hands he built his personal wealth he built a a football team he's invested heavily in them and this was a way he saw to pull it all together and enjoy the benefits of the work of his hands and and to center it around god and how he understands God and what he knows about God and allow God to open up that understanding to other people to me is is a real blessing I mean that takes skill in knowing how to get people focused around God and still have a good time that's what I'm talking about focused around God and still feel blessed focused around God and still get great understanding of the things of God and yeah, you know, they put out a lot of money for it, of course. You know, buying plane tickets, having people stay. But he's got a lot of money. I mean, you think he's really counting, but counting heads and how many people he's got there. And But to, to center it around God, I thought, then that's the greatest thing. And here in Ecclesiastes, the preacher is saying... <clears throat> He's everything is vanity. Everything's just you know go and enjoy the work of your hands. Well, that's one attitude to take about it. But a better attitude is if you can let God be the center of what you're doing, and the center and the focus of everything that you do, and let the work of your hands that God has blessed come in and let God show people how he feels about them how he uh wants to love them how and 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 i know those men were changed forever they'll never be the same and they went to jerusalem sorry about that that's where they were they were in in jerusalem uh, for this feast and this celebration and so many of them said i never even thought about i grew up in the ghetto and i never thought about coming to jerusalem when this guy said jerusalem i thought what he said, but something inside of me told me to come anyway. He said, and I will never be the same. See, And so sometimes celebrating the work of your hands. Amen. Forget about impressing people with how much you spend. Making sure everything's all creased and right. Do your best. You know, I mean. But like I do, count the silverware before the guests leave. <laughs> just a thought (laughs) we ain't doing this for free you know what i'm saying but but enjoy the work of your hands and do it with god as the center 
of it, you know, and and things will work out okay. You know, it, people will be blessed. They'll they'll get it, you know. They may not act like they get it, but they'll get it, you know, because God's in the midst of it. Trust Him to make those benefits apparent to everybody. Amen. Well, we'll stop. Father, thank you for giving us understanding of how well you want to bless us and the great benefits that you've given us through this covenant of mercy and this covenant that provides, that crowns us with tender mercy and loving kindness we are forever crowned we are forever crowned lord we thank you so much for that and we bless you we praise you we honor you we love you in jesus name happy birthday jesus we thank you for coming to this earth amen and amen again praise god